Hey, what is up, podcast listeners? Uh, you sweet, sweet mukuleles, you sweet mukakis, you sweet League of Extraordinary Brentlemen, the Brents gents, all of you crazy mooks, mukaijus, mukites, and uh, brenticles, brentheads out there. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to call everybody. Somebody, I... I <laughs> Welcome to yet another episode of the Brent Mukai Podcast. It's me, Brent Mukai, voice actor, improv trainer, entertainer. Ooh, I, ooh boy, this is a fun episode. I sit down with uh, a couple of friends of mine, one that I've known for 10 years, the other that I literally just met yesterday. Uh, I recorded this podcast yesterday. I took a trip out to LA because a friend of mine from Hawaii came up. Uh, her name is Katrina Valcourt. She is a managing editor with Honolulu Magazine. Um, the other lovely, lovely lady I got to sit down and chat with, uh, her name is Lisa Kotowski. She is a physicist and, uh, just a general kick-ass person. Sorry, I should have silenced my phone. Anyways, uh, yeah, she, uh, so I got to sit down with a physicist and a managing editor of a magazine and really just shoot the shit. Uh, I, I apologize in advance for the poor audio quality. I thought about it after the fact. Um, I didn't have my microphone with me and I just took out the phone and said, Hey, would you guys be down to, uh, be in the podcast with me? And they said, yes, they were gracious with their time. Um, so yeah, it, this is an interesting episode. We talk about a lot of different shit, uh, kind of how one, I mean, just what people do as a physicist, what people do as a managing editor, uh, we have a lot of great talk about right brain, left brain type thinking, and it was interesting to me to see the dynamic of what I know about improv, what I know about art forms, what I know about storytelling, and hear it from uh, from a different side, from a, from a, I mean, I mean, how much more opposite do you think it would be being a physicist than an improviser, and yet we were able to connect and talk about so many uh, uh, like-minded topics. At one point in the audio, the audio cuts out, and you, I'm so upset. Let me just give you some context now that will make sense later. Uh, the audio cuts out because my phone, I guess, just stopped recording at some point, and I didn't recognize that, it's, that it had stopped recording. Um, basically, you don't miss much. All you miss is the leap from um, us having a conversation about um, automating cars and how people should still be there, how people, how a, how a few people, like actual human beings in a car assembly line could still help. And then we make the jump to uh, how different uh, the, the advantages that people creatively have over machines um, and how super, you know, supercomputers, even as advanced as technology has become, still cannot replace certain things that humans can do. And then we go into, from there, um, uh, the difference between humans and the and and the strengths of human beings as a whole, um, not just against machines, but just as a as the entire race, where our strengths lie and how, uh, uh, yeah, j just where where the human race's strengths lie, which is a, always a very interesting conversation for me. Um, being in being a corporate trainer and having to explain to people uh, uh, simple concepts, but in a fun, creative way. So this is an interesting episode. I hope that it it, it it jogs some type of thought 
in you. Um, it's a lot. It was a lot of fun. Uh, these two gals are very, very funny. And a uh, quick shout out. If you are listening from the Ice Cream Social Podcast uh, and are giving this a shot because of that, I thank you so much. I thank you for uh, all of the people who are graciously being a part of the poll. It looks like everybody wants to be called Mukakis, <laughs> which I'm not 100% sold on going into the future. I'm just going to keep saying a bunch of different things. Uh, somebody suggested to me, hey, why don't you uh, uh, get just, just call everybody all of the things much like the WTF podcast with Mark Marin, and I said, okay, um, unlike Mark Marin, I'm going to end it right here, and I am going to uh, let the rest of the podcast play. It's very interesting stuff, very fun. Hope you enjoy it, and if you do, please, uh, you know what I would like to start doing here, here, what I would like to start doing is please, please, please um, send me and this is going off of the Ice Cream Social Podcast and what I learned there. If you are not listening to that podcast and have not come from there, then please go ahead and check it out. Matt and Mattingly's Ice Cream Social uh, Phenomenal Podcast. Their suggestion to me was to lean on my audience. And I would like to do that. I would love you to send me a... I would like you to send me through my email, brentmukaivo at gmail.com or across any social media platform that you'd like, send me a would you rather game, like a, a game of would you rather that I will then explore on uh, this Friday's podcast. I, I, w I love this game. It's one of my favorite fucking games, and I would love to play this with you. So would you rather, for those of you who don't know it, it's would you rather do this or would you rather do this and then explain why. And uh, that that's it's literally one of my favorite games of all time to play it always gets real fun so please send me some would you rathers i would love to read them out if you have any other ideas if you want to talk about something if you would like me to talk about something please send me a message uh brent mukai across social media or brent mukai vo at gmail.com that's b-r-e-n-t-m-u-k-a-i and then v as in voice and then o as in over get it voiceover uh, at gmail.com please send me i would love to uh, uh include you into my podcast in some way, shape, or form. So thank you so much for listening. Love you all. Getting right down to it. Enjoy Katrina and Lisa and me. All right. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brent Mukai Podcast. It's me, Brent Mukai, voice actor, improv trainer, entertainer. I'm sitting here, and I know you've heard the joke before that a voice actor, a physicist and a managing editor walk into an ice cream shop. But today you're gonna find out how that joke ends. I'm joined by one of my longest time friends from Hawaii. We have a weird back story history of how we met and became friends. Uh, her name is Katrina Valcourt. Uh, she's a managing editor of which magazine? Honolulu. Honolulu. Honolulu, just Honolulu Magazine? Yep. Honolulu Magazine. And I also have a, uh, uh, a woman I just met today. Sup? <laughs> Her name is Lisa Kotowski. Don't wear it out. Don't, <laughs> don't wear out that name. As a physicist, she knows about friction. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully you as just a human being know about friction. We walk, we're sitting here in L.A. I took a trip out. Because uh, Katrina, I call her Thundercat. So if I slip up and say that by accident, that's uh, that's her nickname. 
And his is Blizzard. My name, my nickname is Blizzard. You never call me that. He gave it to himself the night we met. <laughs> I introduced myself as Katrina. He asked if he could call me Thundercat. I said, okay. He said, you can call me Blizzard. And I said, okay. God, I was a weird fucking... <laughs> I was a weird 19-year-old. Uh, I think... Right? That was... It was at an all-time low concert. They come to Hawaii all the time. It's hard to keep track. Yeah. They really did. They're coming again. They're December. coming again? Yeah. I'm like, I've, They're still enough. touring? Yeah. Zach lives in Hawaii now, too. Oh, dear. Oh, wow. And I, I saw him one time getting brunch. You saw him getting brunch? They brunch? He's talking. He lives in Kailua. <laughs> <laughs> so he brunches. Punk brunch. Yep. From no, all-time low? Now. Yeah, he's super jacked. I don't know any of the band name members, but... If this, if this, and if this sounds kind of weird, I'm literally, I didn't think to bring my microphone or anything. We're sitting inside of a place called Creamistry, an amazing ice cream shop where they put the, what, what is it, nitrous oxide? Liquid nitrogen. Liquid nitrogen. Don't put nitrous oxide in your <laughs> ice cream. That's rule number one. They put uh, uh, liquid nitrogen to make the ice cream cold. They make it right in front of your fucking face. It's cool. It is really cool. Literally. Minus 274 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. There's like cold steam coming out of it. It's not called steam, is it? It's condensation. It's the same stuff that clouds made out of. Some clouds shoot <laughs> out of this machine and the ice cream gets made. But that's not the point. Here's, here, let's start with this. How did we meet? What was your perspective of me awesome. knowing me? Yeah, I was 19 mm. when we met. It's, we're, we're going on 10 years you of friendship. You were 19 this morning? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> no, I was 19. We were. I was 19, you were 18 okay. when we met. I think, yeah? Probably. Yeah, you were in like your first year of college. Probably, yeah. Our mutual friend, uh, Kayla. Kayla. Yes. Sheila. Sheila, as I called her. Even I just. Though that's not even her last name anymore. I had nicknames for every single fucking person in my life Including at one point. Including yourself. Including myself. I never, I, that was just a joke though, because no one ever called me Blizzard. I still call you Blizzard. When? Occasionally. <laughs> Yeah, I'm no. curious. We should have gone to Dairy Queen so we could eat blizzards. There we go. Mm. He would love that. And then gone to a toy shop afterwards and collect Thundercats. Mm-hmm. No, I think we we were at a concert. Yeah. And I was there, not with Kayla. I just knew she was there. Yeah. So I found her. And she's like, these are my friends. And I'm like, cool. And then Brent walks over. He's like, hi, I'm Blizzard or whatever. And I'm like, okay. I said, I'm Brent. I did not... <laughs> I did not introduce no, myself up front. So he came in and said, hi, I'm Blizzard. I'm pretty sure he said, I'm Brent, but you can call me Blizzard or something. And I was like, all right. And then that was it. This is the most cringy thing I'm, I'm, really, I'm really remembering. Yeah. And then we like we split off. I was with like my you other never friends. never T-posed your dominance? <laughs> I never what? T-posed my dominance? What it's, does that mean? Apparently it's a good thing. I don't it's know It's a good thing. If you want to assert your dominance, just go up to someone and look them dead in the eyes and T-pose. Oh. I'm saying it's all about the T-Rex pose. So you can actually like eat them. And that's how you show your dominance. Mm-hmm. Like bring that T in. Little arms. Little, little T. <laughs> yeah. Lowercase Lower case T. T. Well, you know, like, there's like this weird thought experiment about um, how we morph dinosaurs. And if you did that to like a whale... You wouldn't, you would get like a weird ocean snake, right? Or if you did it to an elephant, you would get like, no ears. You wouldn't get it in ears or a trunk. So maybe. Wait, if we did what? um, If I did a T pose to a whale? Yeah, if you did a T pose. But if you, the way that we illustrate dinosaurs and stuff like that is based Mm -hmm. on their skeletons. We add things onto their skeleton and we're very conservative about it. 
So oh. in theory, he could have had giant, you know, like twirling ribbons coming out of his arms. We'll never know. A Did T-Rex with like beautiful ribbon dancing. Didn't they at one point discover like years and years ago, like scientists were like, we're pretty sure now that the T-Rex was not like a carnivore. It was not a dinosaur that ate other dinosaurs. It was actually probably an herbivore or like a, or a dinosaur that ate the remains of other dinosaurs because it probably couldn't fight well because of its small arms <laughs> and its humongous head. I mean, Did you ever hear about that? I remember hearing about that as a kid and being like, oh, they can't make any more Jurassic Parks because of that. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't like really fight them because like all those dinosaurs that you see in Jurassic Park lived at very different times. If you can't tell, I was really into dinosaurs. That's why they had to make the Indominus Rex. Because they're like, real dinosaurs weren't as cool as we thought they were. Yeah. They had like, feathers and stuff. They weren't as buff as we think. They weren't like giant buff lizards. They were like, Birds. probably a little bit fatty. They probably looked like a giant ostrich. A big fat bird. A giant fucking ostrich. There's probably a lot With of a birds. Trunk. We just found a bunch of really large pigeon bones. And we just, our imaginations ran wild. Um... Okay, so I came up to you, yeah. and I said, I need you to, I need you to remind me, because I do not remember, because I remember specifically that Kayla told me, Sheila told me, that, I, that you were super cool, and it was like she found a twin, and I was like, I really like her, yeah. we're good friends, we both I bet giraffes. you, yeah, and I was like, I bet you, I'd, I, I think, I'm pretty sure this is how it happened, I got it in my head that I really wanted to be friends with you. Because you heard about me. Because I heard about you, but then more so, I was like, I bet you I'd be really good friends with her because we're really good friends. She's like, Yeah, I don't know if you'd be really good friends. <laughs> she was like, she was like so hesitant. She was like, I don't know that that's gonna be true with her. She's, I mean, we're very similar, but we're very different too. I mean, it may have been based on the circumstances. Because if I had just met you inside like that and that was it, yeah, that would have been the end of it. But I think because afterward we went outside because we were waiting to go meet the band and we saw you guys in line again too and you were like, what up Thundercat? And I'm like, Blizzard, because I was in a great mood because it was after a concert. Yes. So I'm always like super happy and friendly afterward. You know this. We were like hugging strangers last time and like holding hands oh, yeah. and all kinds of stuff. We're helping people find their shoes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like seeing you outside after. It's like, what are the odds? Hey. <laughs> and then I think we celebrated Canada Day like a week later. We all went to the beach. We went to San Diego. Yes, Beach, we all did go. And like we were digging holes and it was Jamin's Beach. Yes, we called it Jamin's Beach. Yeah, we had like Jamie and all them. And then yeah, we hung out like twice and you were still going to school in Vegas while yeah. I was still going to UH in Hawaii. So I didn't see you again. Yeah, I until, was only back for the summer, really. Yeah, and then you came back winter break and just out of nowhere you're like, Do you wanna go to the mall or something? Hang out? I'm like Yeah. That could be fine. And we hung out, and we had the best day. It was we amazing. did. Oh my god! We was went that to, like, the Ball. was that when we went to Windward, and then yeah. we went we went uh, golfing? We went golfing, and we got golfing. those finger we got those finger flashlights. Yes, and you were singing "Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays" in the car, and I'm like, I'm gonna love this. this is the best, oh, yeah, yeah. The best song ever, especially for Christmas. It's in sync. Um, yeah, we just had a great day. And that then, was yeah. That was where we cemented like. A really crazy friendship. Friends, yeah. Oh shit! And we no no no. It wasn't that day. That day wasn't when we sat in we Barnes and Nobles, did we? Mm. Yeah, because then we just became mall buddies. That was at like Kahala. I don't know. Yes, that was at Kahala because they had The thing was, Barnes. every time that you were in town, we went to a different mall. 
and spend like six <laughs> hours. How do you do that on a walk? There's like two malls. There's, we, we there's sit. like four malls. <laughs> Pearl Ridge, there's Windward, 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 Pearl Ridge, Kahala, Kahala, Kahala Alamoana. Alamoana. Oh, That's there four. are four. <laughs> there's also Kamakana Ali'i now in Kapolei. Mm-hmm. Oh, dang. We never made it there. I'm in that mall game, huh? Yep. Because I love malls. Malls is like... <laughs> I don't know what it is. Oh, that's when we went to see the girl with the dragon tattoo. Because we were just like, Because we were in Kahala Mall. Yeah, and we were like, what is this Swedish movie poster? And this was like the legit one, not the newer one. Yes, it was the Swedish one. Because we, and we didn't oh, know what the, the movie. Really cra- oh, man. The like crazy one. It was really crazy. Oh, yeah. and it was so good. I remember we were debating it because we looked at the poster. Yeah, and the like poster the made it look like. The dragon tattoo? It looks, Amazing. It looked like it was going to be like a Harry Potter magic. Because yeah. it's just. That's what it looks like. It's, it's a girl sitting there. Harry yeah. Potter aesthetic. It's yeah. The, yeah, and there's like a fireplace and like this whole thing. And, and neither this... one of us had heard about it. But and we were just like, you know what? Let's do this. And the whole time I was low-key like, when's the magic going to come out? <laughs> like halfway through the movie, I was like, okay, so there's no magic in this? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm really sorry that you guys saw a girl with the dragon tattoo with no warning whatsoever. I did the same thing when I moved to San Francisco. Who did you see it with? Um, not, not Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh. My first solo outing in San Francisco was the Folsom Street Fair. Oh, God. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. What okay. is that? I don't know what idea. that is. <laughs> okay, so you, you hear the word street fair, what do you think of? I think of, a, like, I, I think of, like, a parade. You think and of, like, a parade? I think of like, a parade. I think of a bunch of vendors and people. Food. Yeah, yeah, on a street, in a fair. Yeah, and, like... Maybe some rides that people come out with. Exactly. So you think wholesome family fun. Yeah. Effectively. Wholesome family fun. Wholesome, wholesome. Yeah. You know? Wholesome, wholesome. Mm-hmm. That's what you're so. thinking. But, no, I get there, and I, like, get There's off... There's a bunch of people having sex with horses. Close. <laughs> <laughs> you're really close. Okay. Because, um, like, I get off bus and then all of a sudden there's like this guy with a toilet seat around his neck that says pee on me and people are doing it there are like three guys with like ball gags in their and you mouth. watched it well i got off the bus saw all of this turned around and walked as far away as possible for catching a bus home <laughs> what if that was just a fluke though what if it was a family no, day that's really except what for it that? is. Oh, so it's a bdsm didn't, festival you didn't think to look that up no i just thought oh this is gonna be fun it's called what Folsom street fair wow yeah that sounds Incredible. Um, more on that in a second. It was, uh, it was something. Anyway, as somebody you, as somebody who's known me for a long time, you have insight into me that I probably don't even have in myself because I don't. You know what I mean? Like I can yeah. only think of how I think I was. You say a lot of blah blah blah, and uh, <laughs> for anyone listening who has not met Brent in person. He will make eye contact with you very extremely the whole time and do a lot of like hand movements and I copy them all the time because I can't help it because they're yes. so big and extreme. You were probably one of the first people that I you were you were one of the first people to make me realize that I talk I don't with my hands a lot. I don't mean insult. I just I know. I thought you were making you. fun of me the first time and I was like, you're making. Are you making fun of me? I got all self conscious. You're like, no, I'm just. Just you're excited, it. so I'm excited. We're both excited. I don't know. Yes. Anyway, what were you gonna ask? Um, have I changed at all? No. <laughs> Man, don't kill him now. In what way? In what way? I've do changed you de- him a lot. If you had to, if you had to describe me, how would you describe me to somebody who doesn't know me? Did I explain who Brent was to you before? No. Oh, you, oh, you have never heard of me? I, well, she told me who you were. She was like, okay, we went to see Twenty One Pilots in Vegas. Oh, he's actually coming out here. And I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. No other 
oh. indications. I should have given you some warning. I mean, it's like fine. <laughs> you also probably didn't warn him about like I did a little bit. I did a little bit. Like, yeah, she told me a lot about you, actually. Like, she talks a lot. She's always full of energy. Yes. She's like ready That's for not true. She's I'm, a little Sometimes weird. I'm sleeping. Okay. She, said you're, she said you're really fun. It's yeah. just like, a, I just yeah. was you like... Fun. I listen I knew, to all the things and I'm like, and I love every single part of it. <laughs> and I'm like, everything, Yes, everything that she said about you, I was like 100% in. Today I was like, oh cool, I get to meet the girl that... Yeah, I'm like, you're going to love her. Her other oh, 21 yeah. Pilots friend. Exactly. She basically told me that you went to 21 Pilots with her in Vegas and mm-hmm. that we should be friends. Yeah. That's about all I knew. Well, the people who are my friends, I love them so much, I want them all to be friends with each other. Because if you're that. friends with me, then like, you're clearly amazing because I'm not going to put in the effort no. to stay friends with people who aren't. It's too hard. It's too much effort and then like people are too shitty. Yeah. Like that's what people are too shitty. Exactly. People are so shitty. Yeah. I had so a when friend who like just one. stopped being my friend because I was mad at her for trying to start a physical fight with me. <laughs> um, and How like, dare you. Like she, I was mad because she was like trying to start a physical fight with me and I was like uh-uh, nuh-uh. And then like at some point, I was like, okay, I'm still mad, but at some point, this will be okay. And then she moved to Denmark without telling me about it. Oh, my God. And I was like, all right, I guess we're done here. Yeah. Two years ago, she hit me up and was like, hey, you want to hang out? I'm in town. I'm like, nah, you're dead to me. <laughs> I'm like, man. Well, that's cool. Most people would say yes. I was like, nah, you're dead to me, girl. Yeah. And she was like, what? I was like, you moved to Denmark and didn't tell me, and then you got married and didn't tell me. Like, yeah. Cool, we're not friends. We're not friends. Sometimes other people end the friendship and then don't realize that they ended the friendship. And it's like, dude, you ended the friendship. What the fuck do you want from me? Yeah. We're not friends anymore. All you have to do is say, I'm sorry. Yes. And then, like, it's fine. at the very least, acknowledge it. Be like, yo, I'm sorry. Like, I realized that what I did was shitty. We lost touch and it was mostly my fault. Like, people can do that. I, I can, yes. I've done that and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You, no, I, it's all self-awareness, I think. I remember a few years ago when mm-hmm. Brent came back to town, he, we were just talking. We were at the Bruseum in Kaka'ako. So much. You should yeah. go if you're ever in Hawaii. It's like this World War II-era kind of bar in a, um, what do you call it, Quonset hut? And it's super cool, run by a super cool family. You said Quonset hut? Quonset, yeah. I don't, please like tell those, everybody metal, what that is. I don't know what the fuck that is. It's like those half cylindrical metal corrugated like pop-up dwellings oh, they had okay. a lot of in World War II yes like, yes, a, yes, yes. like a plane hanger yeah but just like a smaller like, like a smaller plane hanger and that's where like a lot of people would stay like during the war and stuff like oh, I didn't even realize that I thought it was just like a weirdly built building no so they're Small just left building. over from that and so oh, a lot wow. of them are historical and so you there's really not many left a lot of them have been dismantled because the whole point is that you can take them apart and build them somewhere else really quickly and efficiently um, just like pop up housing basically mm-hmm. um, so, so it's yeah, like a more permanent tent basically and so there's this bar that's in one of them in Kaka'ako. And we were hanging out there and we we're just talking. And I think we pretty much just agreed right off the bat that we were going to be friends forever. <laughs> and in the next life and probably in previous lives. Is that when we said that? Yeah. That's so funny. I remember it because we were just like, you know, I'm not even worried at all about the fact that we live in different cities. We're going to stay friends for a very, very, very long time because we're too much on the same wavelength. You know what's even the weirder part, though, is what? that like, did I, did we have phone conversations the first time that I left, or was it after no. the, it was the second time? 
Probably because when we went to the mall that time, it was like yes. the first time it was just you and I hanging out together. Because before that, it was always like with Kayla and Jamie and all them. Yeah, it was twice before that. Yeah. Wow. And then you're just like, and I got your, like, oh, and right. I got your number. And I guess. <laughs> yeah, I got. I must have gotten your number, and then. I came back home and was like, there's nobody else to hang with today. Everybody's being lame. Maybe. Do you want to hang out? Yeah, and we're like, let's just go to the mall and chill. Because you were in college, I was in college, so then we were both on break at the same time, which yep. I fucking so take for granted. <laughs> like, I, I so took that time for granted, like, be, when everybody had the same time off. Oh, you mean gra- in, like, college. college? When college. everyone gets the same, like, week yes. off every time. And so then, when, like, the, I think it was, like, the first time I was back home after... I was done with college and all my friends were done with college and like I was like oh cool yeah we just like the old days and I can call up all my friends and they're like dude I have work and I'm like fuck what is that <laughs> like no. it, it, it didn't dude, even I'm occur to me dude I'm still like fuck what is that <laughs> right well I was working during the summer too so I don't even know how we you came up it was a winter break that we went mm-hmm. to the mall because we always went to look at like Christmas stuff but then the crazy part was after that we met up a few more times yeah but then we started calling each other and having phone conversations while I was in Vegas and you were in Hawaii. Yeah, because there was so much to talk about. We'd go for like six hours. We'd be like, you want to call at like 9 p.m., talk till 3 a.m., like Hawaii time. So it would literally yeah. be, you were like, the sun is coming up. I think I should probably go to bed. <laughs> and like, at oh, no point, yeah. You're the only person from Hawaii that I still do that with. Oh, yeah. There's like nobody else. Yeah. I don't really do that with anybody else. Really? Sometimes with Josie, we'll talk for like a couple hours, maybe two. But like you and I have had some six-hour ones that felt like nothing. Yeah. I mean, we've yeah we we've done it where it's like oh it's four hours in we should probably get going soon and then we we'll, we'll just go for another few hours. Yeah. It's great. That's why I'm saying you haven't really changed because like we still. Well, how would the you same how would you level? describe me to people who don't know me? Like what? Because you know me now, yeah. going way back. And I feel like, I, and it's weird, I feel like in my 20s I've changed so fucking much. No, but, even earlier today. Yeah. Like when you were telling me about your goals and stuff and how you feel about things. I straight up said to you, I'm like, this is literally every conversation we've ever had. <laughs> is you saying that like, I feel really good about where things are. Yeah, but before I, I was just I'm stupid doing. and positive. Now I'm actually positive. Smart and positive. <laughs> and smart. <laughs> But, like, no, if I were to tell people who you were and everything, it would be kind of a, like, get ready. This guy is always, like, optimistic. And I have a few guy friends who are very much go-getters. And that it's, you know, since college, it's not ever about, like, finding a stable job. It's about doing what you love and fighting for it and taking, like, six different projects at once and being like, I'm going to try out stand-up. I'm going to try out improv. I'm going to try out... Um, whatever I can and just work with different people and yeah I think it's working I think it's gonna go well and like three months later I'd be like how'd that go it's like it was great and now I'm doing this other thing and I think it's gonna go well and like it's just always something positive and even when there's setbacks or like having to do you know shitty jobs or something in between to kind of fill stuff out it's like but I think it's working and hopefully (laughs) I'll get to do some more of this in a little bit and yeah I just met this person who's gonna hook this up and I got it, and I'm gonna start doing this now too. And I'm like, how, how, how do you have the energy? And like, that's such a hard thing to do too, because it's like, life is hard, shit is hard. Yep. Yeah, I don't know, but it's just like, I don't know. I just know that I'm gonna die one day, (laughs) and that's gonna like suck. So like, I'd rather just 
fight for the life that I really want to fucking live and even if I died like right now I could be you know what I mean like I'd, we might yeah. die right now this I'd be good. Oh, this crazy. ice cream is Ooh, amazing this ice cream I'm halfway through this and I'm like gonna explode I'm doing my best um. I'm doing ramen <laughs> we had ramen right before this yes and takoyaki and beer and lollipops oh, oh. I regret none of it but I'm also like 3,000% full <laughs> I'm, I'm on vacation so this is kind of my job right now. I'm not but I, I just you know I love my abs so much I want to cover them with some protection <laughs> um okay I, I I was very interested in your in your perspective on all that. I have some people like you're the best. That's one of the easiest things. Just like he's one of the greatest. He's a goat. I fucking dude, you're the fucking best. This is also how our conversations go. It just turns into us being like, you're amazing. You're nice you're off, amazing. Nice yeah. off, nice <laughs> off. <laughs> a nice off. I call it a, a jerking each other off contest. <laughs> you can do that too. That's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. At no point, at no point, and this Look is the, at the Beatles, they did it. Right, and I... Hey! <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a big bomb to drop. Tons of Beatles fans are my listeners. Um, here's, here's, the, here's one of the big questions, right, that like, I've never brought up to you, but now I'm curious as we're going back into it. I know what I'm like, so I, 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 I didn't really think of it even, but at no point... With me trying to hang out with you that much, did you ever think that it was like, did you, or did you? Did you ever think that I was trying to like hit on you or anything? I remember the first time you came back and it was a, a one-on-one hangout. I remember yeah. like telling my friend Chelsea, being like, oh, I'm going to hang out with Brent tomorrow. And she's like, a date. I'm like, I don't think it's a date. But I don't know. But I'm down. So we're just going to go hang out. And then I was like, no, no. Yeah, this is not a date. We're just like on the same Plain. I don't know. We're just like we instant friends. Exactly. We make so much sense together as like best friends. Yeah. That it was never awkward or weird or being like, who is this person? Do I like this person? Is this person like me? What am I supposed to do? I'm just like, holy shit, this guy is like the perfect person in my life in this manner where you can be super like uplifting and positive. Yes. But also like super fun to hang out with. And even when we're having like a serious talk, you will butt in with a very inappropriate joke. <laughs> That's and my I'll favorite like, time to make a bad joke. <laughs> my favorite time to make a dumb joke is when it's things get too serious. And then it really helps. And then they're like, you you have the right timing for that kind of stuff. And it's just always been like exactly what I need. Like so, you've you never thought you've never thought that at all. Like, I mean, I know that you say some very inappropriate jokes. Right, but, but like never, me, like, like at, ni- at nineteen, I was like. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna be friends with this girl. Yeah. Looking back at it now, I'm like that could have been taken so much the wrong way. And still, like to this day, like when I tell people, like I told people that I'm meeting up with my friend, and then, then they're like, "Oh, what's her name?" I'm like, "Oh, it's Katrina." They're like, "Oh, is it like a?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, no. It's not like like." But it's weird that it's never. No, I mean, well, I think just how mixed gender really friendships go. Yeah, yeah. Anytime I say like, oh yeah, I'm going to either when I went to Vegas and it's like, yeah, I'm gonna stay with Brent, and then I get there and I tell everyone like, guys, Brent got me like a freaking hotel room for free. He took me to Cirque du Soleil with like these amazing seats in the middle, and he paid for everything or got me into places for free and everything. He took really good care of me. Or I'm going to LA. He's gonna drive all the way over. Yeah. Just for a day to hang out. Everyone's like, wow. You got a whole bunch of guys like eating out of the palm of your hand. I'm like, no, no, no. 
These are just my friends, and my friends you are great people. I mean, okay, to be fair, you're also that person because you have flown across the ocean twice to see Twilight Pilots with me. Exactly, that's still like, my girl. That's so funny. But yeah, I mean, it's just... Almost three times. We're very like in <laughs> spirits, I feel like. Oh, yeah. And the fun... Here's a story that you don't know, is that it was through my buddy uh, that has, like, a hookup at the hotel. You met him. That we did the... That I got the hotel room. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, the next day after I saw him, I was... He was like, is everything cool? I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I'm... Because he knew I was going to stay in the room with you. And you... And I was like, yeah, I'm just sleeping on the floor. And he was like... Oh, I could have gotten you a room with two beds. I just assumed that this was like a situation. I was like, no, no, no. But I slept on the floor of the hotel room for a week. You brought your own blanket. Because my friend, <laughs> yeah, my friend did not know what it meant and I should have explained it. Because if I had explained it, yeah. I know, I think I had friends too saying like, you guys are staying together. I'm like, yeah, but he's sleeping on the floor. It's like, that's mean. You should offer to share. I'm like, but he said he'd sleep on the floor, so... Yeah, I'm, take it. I'm fine sleeping on the floor. <laughs> yeah, friends, I don't feel bad. Because I was. You can tell me if he doesn't want to stay on the floor. He was, but he was like, friends. dude, I'm so sorry. I would have gotten you two beds. I literally thought there was no other situation where this happens, and I was like, no, yeah. So it's like in years passing, I now have a weird thought of like, oh, like this is. This is something that could have been really weird, but never was. I think a lot of other people outside, because they don't... They don't understand it, and they don't... A lot of people don't have this dynamic, I feel no, like. No, and they don't have Do you, Lisa? Do you, do you... Are you friends with a lot of guys? Do you, yeah. Do you, okay. I'm a girl in physics. All my friends are guys. Like, <laughs> it's really funny, because, like... You're in physics, okay. Yeah, I'm in physics. It, it's really weird, because, like, I... Physics degrees take a long time to get. I spent eight years in school getting two degrees. I was the only girl in any of my classes until my very last semester. Yeah. And then the only other girl in my class's name was Lisa. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Like, how does that happen? All the Lisas I know are, like, 40 to 50 years old in that range. So I'm like, how the fuck is there another, like, 20-something-year-old Lisa in physics at San Francisco State? So what is it like? Do, what is that dynamic like? Because you're in the middle of, like the valley where a lot of crazy technology shit is going on like you're becoming a physicist is that that's the correct term right physicist i mean i guess so i don't know and like but you but what is that like because it, when it's like a boys club and then you're you know you're the only girl or did it even occur to you was it something that you were like whatever no it's definitely a thing like it's definitely a boys versus girls mentality is it really yeah like a lot of times it can be it really just depends on the group because um like a lot of times Sometimes it'll be like the guys flock together because they're like, oh, we're having a guys night, which means all the guys have to hang out, which means Lisa can't come. Or what like, the fuck? Yeah, and then you happens. had a girls' night, and it was just you, it's or just me. <laughs> it's just me. I'm having a girls' night, y'all. Who wants like, to come? Me? Cool. Let's watch The Office for three hours. It's legit just me making cookies in my room by myself. Um, but like, you know, I get to eat all the cookies, so it's fine. I'm really good at eating an entire tray of cookies. I mean, just. Look at this here. Just the sleeves. <laughs> a sleeve of cookies. Oh, That's how I measure cookies, in sleeves. I mean, it's like several sleeves of cookies Sle- if I'm right. cooking them. But, um, oh my god. Yeah. We need to hang out more. Dude, I'm already, yeah. like Lisa, I'm already a fan of yours. Like, for real. Oh, for real, Z's. Tell me. I love it. I love it. I know. <laughs> Tell me what it's like being a physicist. What do you do? What's the day-to-day? What the fuck is, Crying. like, what do you do? <laughs> 
Um, How I does mean, the business work? I really don't know. I've been in school the whole time, and then I worked at Astrocamp, and then I'm unemployed. Wow, that's fucking crazy. So you're... Well, I'm writing a grant, but like... Um, How long ago did you graduate? About a year ago. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're like fresh, fresh out. Yeah, I'm like fresh, fresh out. So like, you what? know, in school, it's basically just... Think really hard, cry, try to eat something more than half a burrito. Right. Um, attempt to see the sun at least once a week. My cousin is a mathematician. Like, oh, that's similar. Straight up. And, like, he, he basically told me, like, the only job for a mathematician is basically becoming a professor to teach yeah. other people how to be mathematicians. So, and if, you, if I wanted to stay in paraphysics, um, I would definitely need to get a PhD, which I am not down for. You said paired physics? Um, if I wanted to do pure physics. Oh, pure physics. Like what is pure stay, physics? If you want to stay in physics and do oh. physics research, but you don't want to do like engineering or yeah. like sell out and go to a company, you have to get a PhD and then you basically go into academia, which means you're a professor, you're running a lab, you're publishing papers all the time. So if you're not interested in going to pure physics, what is the field you're interested in getting into? Um, I'm probably going to do some type of engineering, TBH. And what does that look like? Like, what, what would that be? Like, for example, for an example. Um, I mean, you can do, for me personally, I'd probably do something close to quality engineering or systems engineering, which is taking some form of engineered product, breaking it, and then telling them how to fix it. <laughs> right. So... So, who hires for stuff like that? Is that something Google or, like, Amazon or, like... Google and Amazon would have systems engineers, but more likely they'd have software engineers. Right, right, right. They're more software-based. I don't like software because I actually had a professor who screamed at me for three and a half hours for being female, and then I just never learned how to code. Holy so, shit, dude. Yeah, dude. So it's, like, that misogynistic in that field. I mean, if you get... The professors can be. Right. Because sure, they're old school. So the professors can definitely be like that. Um, I got lucky that San Francisco State is 35% women, which is higher than the world average. Yeah. I think world average in physics, last time I checked, which was a few years ago, was hanging around 15%. God damn. What yeah. makes you... What drives you to want to do it? Um, well, my dad's a physicist. My grandpa was a physicist. It's just kind of like a family business and like... I don't know. It seemed really interesting. I like science. I like math. I'm not sure I like crying that much. Um, <laughs> My dad loves it, though. <laughs> He's a pro. Dude, I swear. Physics is just, like, being really stubborn, yeah. crying, and okay. then doing some, like, complicated math. It's just a fancy logic degree. My mom could do complicated math. She'd make a great physicist. Like, it is... <laughs> It's a fancy logic degree. That's what it is. Right, but with science and all kinds of crazy shit. So, okay, so you fell into it because it was like a family thing. So then, what did your dad do? Dad wound up being an electrical engineer because he got a master's degree in EE. Yeah. Um, so he wound up going into electrical engineering and was like... What a shame. He had to settle for making a ton of yeah. money. What a, <laughs> what a hard life. He wound up being um, the CTO of a airport security company. Damn. Okay. He was like the CTO of an airport security company for like a real long time. Then he retired, helped to start up, and now he's like actually retired, but he's not very good at being retired because now he's like tinkering with raspberry pies and like making his own products and he's like yeah so i'm just gonna like make this thing and then i'm gonna tinker with it and i have the website already bought and i'm gonna launch it and i'm like 
Dad, you're really bad at being retired. Just like go climb and get fat. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, he got real buff in retirement. He climbed like he? nine days a week. Wow. That's like, nuts, dude. My mom's the same way. She recently retired and she just won't stop. Like she's doing, she's doing like more shit than I am. I mean, and it's nuts. I can see it happening because I'm technically unemployed right now and I honestly haven't really slept in about two months. And I'm unemployed. Like, I could sleep all I want, except I just keep making plans because apparently I don't like free time. Right. Like, so. I don't like it, apparently. I know we talked a little bit about it. But like, what's the end goal for you? Tell tell me again. What what it, what what if you if the way I always phrase it is like uh, God or whatever entity right came down, said, Lisa, I want to give you whatever you want, and I want you to do whatever you want to do. What does that look like to you? Oh man, if I got to pick my dream job and it yeah. just magically appeared in my hands. Yeah. Um. Shit, I'd probably pick a Disney Imagineer, dude. That sounds like fun. Yeah? Yeah, dude, that sounds like so much fun. Why don't you do that? Don't you have all the required shit to do that? Yeah, except I can't get eyes on my resume. That's like the hardest part is getting past all the bots. So like, if, uh... if I ever did get past the bots and I actually got eyes on my resume, I think the fact that I'm a female and I'm biracial would get me an interview. Yeah. Like, if I, they ever saw my application, I would get an interview. Can't you do, like, a LinkedIn thing where you, like, look somebody up from Disney Imagineering? It doesn't work like that. Ugh. Like, you just pray and spray applications to whatever will take you. And, like, uh, I just heard back from, like, a couple of um, science ed video makers about, like, doing some freelance script writing. Okay. And it's like, that's fine and good. And like, that'll, it's enough to, you know, keep the meds flowing. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That were the real important stuff. I mean, you gotta get down to the base level, right? Because you gotta take care of rent. I live with my parents, so that's taken care of. Yeah. And you gotta take care of food. Also live with my parents, taken care of. Awesome. And then you're like, all right, healthcare's next. How do I pay for healthcare? Right, 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 right. And then it's like car insurance. Like, yeah. There, there are things that you still have to pay for that are still really expensive, even if you have free rent. And necessities, yeah. It's always tough. There's, I mean, there's way less cool places to be, though, than uh, California, LA area. I mean, yeah. In terms of where, <laughs> where you're living with there's your parents. There's definitely less cool places. I could be in, like, um, Bumfuck, Idaho. I don't know. Yeah. Ton of people there. Population keeps growing over in Bumfuck. Population me. All right. So, okay. So, so I, I'm enjoying all of it. Let me switch it over. Thundercat, let's talk. Managing editor. I know. What do you, what is your, so what is your day-to-day? You do a magazine. You, you. Oh, I'm good with my experience. Um, yourself, man. I, I come in. More like it's weird because like I'm basically at the top of my specific brand, but I have a boss who oversees a couple of brands. Um, so she's in charge of the big questions, but I'm kind of more in charge of the day-to-day, make sure stuff is getting done. Yeah. So it's following up with people to make sure that they're working on their stories, they've set up interviews, photo shoots are getting scheduled. So you're an organizer in, in so many words. That's, I mean, that's really what the job is. A lot of the time I'm doing a lot of writing and doing a lot of editing and falling behind on like setting up meetings and stuff that I should be doing, but... 
it's kind of a small team for what we do. So right, you're a magazine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a, a, definitely a lot of teamwork and helping each other out. And, problems that come up every single day that you're not anticipating. Even if I have nothing written on my calendar, sometimes I won't, or if I have one thing, I might not get to that one thing because there's meetings that pop up that I have to be involved in and right. all kinds of just So you're basically, you know how to do everything. Pretty much. And you are, you basically are filling in for whoever can't oh, yeah. manage I, to do whatever, but also organizing it so that everybody yeah. is in place to do what they do and then if they can't, then you cover them. Is that the idea? Kind of. You're like the clue of the... I, I've been longer than anyone else on the editorial team, except for our fashion team. Um, even my boss has been there longer than me, but in a different area, kind of. Yeah. So I've been on the brand longer, um, at least most recently. It's been about a little more than five years, um, which is not that long when you think about it. It's, it's long in our business, but at five years, is not that long. Wow. Um, what do most people transfer over to then do? People leave and go into PR. Um, some people leave and go work for the state. More steady job and hours. Um, yeah. The industry is not that popular. So right. Print. Print is kind of dying. What yeah, are you? What are you? Where are you seeing it? Like, if you could choose for yourself, where? Yeah. What are you? What are you looking to eventually do? I mean, I always love the idea of magazine. I'm a big book fan. For sure. So, like, yeah. always reading, having something in my hands has always been great. And I think, especially as I've gotten older, I care more about the place that I live. And that's why I work for a city magazine. Um, I would love it if more people my age or younger cared about what was going on and picked up a physical magazine. Um, even if it's just reading stories about people in the community or, like, stuff to do, new restaurants. Like, we cover all kinds of stuff like that. But a lot of people don't really read print anymore, yeah. but the web version of our brand is so different too. Um, we'll do things online about like popular hikes to go on. Would you ever transfer to like an online, like a blog type, like a, like a, what is it, like a, not college humor, what's the word, what's the company, like one of the big blogging places that like, like BuzzFeed or something? BuzzFeed, that's the one I was thinking of, yeah. Oh, it's gonna move here. <laughs> well, part of the allure of online stuff is you can be anywhere, for yeah. Certain, unless you're covering like a certain area. Um, it all depends. It's really the kind of stuff that you would be doing. I used to really want to work for Bon Appetit, just because it looked like I love their magazine. I don't know what that is. Bon is Appetit, it just a food magazine. A food magazine. Food magazine. That would be a bad name for a shoes magazine. <laughs> bon Appetit. Yeah. Buy our new Nikes. Yeah. But I, I love the layout and design of a lot of things they do. They have like web series online where like their editors will show you how to cook something. Oh cool. Or they'll have like a celebrity come in and they try to just give them like verbal instructions on a dish. Yeah. And so stuff like that is super fun. I wanted to work for them, but I'd have to move to New York and I don't want to do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I also wanted to work for a magazine, a music magazine, I mean, really badly. Like the first magazine I ever subscribed to was Alternative Press. Yeah, and so, mine was Nintendo Power. Nice. They're not around anymore. <laughs> I'd be writing for them right now. Um, yeah, so I, I wanted to do just similar stuff like that. But I don't know, in the future it's all, I don't know. So you're not sure? Same question, if, uh, if the entity that controls everything came down and said, what would you like to do, I can make it happen. Mm, that's a good question, because if it's... 
I never know if I want to stay in the industry or not because sometimes I'm like, oh, this is so much more of like nitty gritty stuff that you think about, like all the behind the scenes stuff. There's so many things like having to pay freelancers and yeah. having to redesign stuff and pay attention to word counts. Like that part of it is not as creative. Sometimes I like not having to be creative. It's easy to just get through my day that way. But I mean, when I was younger, I, I wanted to write. I wanted to write like children's books. Um, Would you? Yeah. Okay. But I haven't done like creative writing since college, probably. I had like a mini writing group with one other person in it, but he was never motivated to write. So even when I was like writing stuff, we didn't have anything to trade. Dude, it's tough to be it's tough to be motivated to write, especially yeah. on the side. Like, yeah. well, Nana Remo's coming up. Actually, it's now. It's right now. Oh, yeah, I missed. See, I missed the beginning. It's too. It's I too mean, late. you can always like delay it, yeah. like, uh, or you could do a modified version of it, right? Yeah. I started in October and like gave up on day twelve. What I really you just... do Nano Rimo and Inktober? Um, I attempted them. Which is more than I do, so that's, that's great. I attempted them. These are things I do to not cry in grad school. Um, <laughs> so creativity is your escape? Well, that's most phys- most scientists have some sort of creative outlet. Do they? Yeah, most scientists are like super gifted in like music or are like incredible painters or like um, a lot of them will play in bands or like... That is... Yeah. Absolutely. I want to talk. I want to ask you about something, but first, I want to clarify for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about. NaNoWriMo stands for National November Writing Month, and it's basically where you write fifty thousand words, right? I believe the. I think it's fifty thousand. I believe the total is you have to write fifty thousand words in uh, in one month, and you can divide that any way that you'd like. But by the end of it, you basically have a novel. So you're writing like an entire novel in one month. Um, Inktober is a very similar thing where you draw something every day. Is that the idea? You draw something every day, specifically using ink, but like no one really cares if you use ink or not. You, they just, it's just to get you into good art habits. Very cool. Uh, quick shout-outs. I only know about Inktober because of my buddy Ian Soto, uh, at Mongoose Jack on Twitter. Go check him out. He drew me a picture. He drew a picture of me playing video games and getting angry at the video games and talking about my sweet bunghole. <laughs> I saw this. I liked it. And it it's beautiful. It's basically, yeah. It's a really good, <laughs> it's really a good, good He captured the essence of me getting yeah. frustrated and saying my sweet bung. Yeah. Because I basically, to keep myself sane, I just kept saying bung to make myself laugh. Beautiful. So I'd be like, oh, my sweet, my, li- my tiny little bung. They just keep they just keep hitting me right in my bung. Um, <laughs> he's going to be making stickers apparently. So thank you so much, <laughs> Ian. Want to give you the quick shout out. Um, but yeah, so, so... I, I would really like to explore that real quick because I believe, right, and, this, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like physicists, like mathematicians, when it gets to a certain level, right, everybody thinks it's this mechanical thing. Everybody thinks math is one plus one equals two, but I think that that's only part of the mathematical, or that's only part of the mechanical part of it. And when you get to an extremely advanced level, right, say you've taken eight years of being a physicist, and physics, okay, so it gets to an artistic point, right? It gets There's to artistic. A, there are a lot of ways to add zero yeah. and multiply by one. Right. Like, there are a lot of ways to do that. Um, like, x over x is multiplying by one, plus one minus one is adding zero. Like, you can do that with an infinite combination of stuff. 
Um, you have to find creative loopholes in math if you want to like do crazy stuff. If you're gonna do a like 12 factor Taylor series expansion, and you don't... I'm not even going to ask you what that means, but I am going to ask it's you... It's adding 12 things together with 12 different exponents. Who's Taylor? Is it after Taylor <laughs> Swift? Uh, it could Is be. it because she got in there and they were like, Taylor, you just keep shaking it up. I mean, Taylor <laughs> really did shake it up. <laughs> shake it, so shake it off, sorry. Taylor is like this really big... Big deal in the mathematics. He's, yeah. He's a big deal in the mathematics, but we can we can rename it after Taylor, so that's fine. What's his last um, name? Taylor. Taylor Taylor? <laughs> the Taylor Taylor? I think it was like James Taylor or something like that. <laughs> James I think, Taylor. Uh, John Taylor. He also... Uh, oh, it was probably John Taylor. Everyone's named John in physics. He also customized suits, so he was also a tailor by trade, but that's probably. a whole different story. Like it was a side gig. Taylor Taylor? My tailor? <laughs> He's a big Taylor Swift fan. Oh, captain, um, my captain. <laughs> <laughs> so here's okay. So, do you do you do you agree with me then that it, that at the heart of it, science and math is an art form? I mean, I think. Would you consider that creative? It's a creative field where you're constantly trying to solve different problems, right? But I think it's, it depends on the level of math and physics you're talking. About. Right, exactly. Because if you're talking like the ultra high end level of math and physics, absolutely an art form. Because, like, honestly, string theory is one of those things where they're basically just, like, creating crazy math that they can't test because it's cool and it's pretty. Right? Right. So wow, that's, that sounds just like a screenplay. Like, that's literally what string theory is. It's just them creating crazy mathematics that explain the universe. And they're like, I think this is true, but we can't really test it. Sorry. Okay. Right? And I'm like... I mean, you do you if you want to think of this, like, crazy thing. You do you. That no one can ever prove. That no one can ever prove. Actually, they're working on it. NASA's launching a satellite called the LISA, which is supposed to measure gravity waves. Off of Lisa Lisa? Yeah, off of Lisa Lisa. <laughs> oh, my it's God. designed by me, for me. Um, they're launching me into space. Um, <laughs> I would actually love that. Please, please let me be an astronaut. Um, I promise on a Disney I'll, spaceship. I'll lose my um, ab... My ab coverings. They hate abs in, in space. Uh, you need abs. So, okay. How else would you get out of things? Is you need the abs to thrust yourself forward. <laughs> Do you feel like there's a correlation between all of these physicists that are artistic, but then also are doing... Because I feel like you need... I feel like both of you... Um, possibly, you could say all three of us sitting here, right? Are are having to use our right and left brains almost at equal capacities. Because I feel like to be a physicist, you need to be able to think outside the box, do all that shit. But it's, it, at, the end of the day, at the end of the day, you still need to know numbers, you still need to know all the technical shit. Am I wrong in that? Um, it's more of a logic train than anything else. So you just basically need to be able to be like, all right, so here's all the possibilities. Yeah. How does this logically apply? Um, for the most part, it's just a logic train. Do you consider yourself more right-brained or left-brained, or you are, are 50-50? I mean, I think everyone's just brained. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's such a right-brained thing to say. I no. mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't think there's a huge difference between left and right brain. It's just which connections you choose to exercise. Because brains create pathways based on your habits and what you choose to, like, pursue. Yeah. So I think anyone can wire their brain to be a physicist and anyone can wire their brain to be a great painter. It's just whether or not you choose to exercise those connections. Goddamn. That's a great clip. I got to clip that and put that everywhere. <laughs> like, Katrina, what do you think? 
Well, now that that answer is out there, I can't be like, I'm a right brain. <laughs> no, do you? But do no, you? I'm but you're you're you even more so, more than almost anyone I know, is almost equally left and right brain. Where you're doing, because the tasks that you have described to me mm-hmm. are almost superhuman to me, <laughs> because it requires such a level of organization, but also flexibility and creativity. And it's just it, it feels like there that you have the capacity for that, and it's something I've always admired about you. I guess so. I think yeah, people. It always baffled me when I didn't. I, I, it took me a long time to realize that people are different in the sense that like I'm super detail oriented. Yeah. And the things that come to me really naturally or seem really important to me just completely go over other people's heads sometimes. Like when I'm editing at work, and it'll be like, you know your apostrophe is facing the wrong way and that drives me nuts it's like how do you not see that when you type it or like how do you not go back and read that you're like missing a verb in your sentence or something like that yeah and for someone like me that like sometimes it jumps off the page like i will open something and my eye will go straight to an error somehow wow really yeah like especially after we've gone to print i'll open the magazine (laughs) and be like oh shit (laughs) but yeah there's some things like that that like other people even in my office if you would think that we would all be like similarly wired because we all work in the same place um we all have different strengths and weaknesses and i guess it is kind of weird sometimes that i i don't mind working on spreadsheets sometimes because it is mind-numbing and i i can do the detail-oriented work without like you know going crazy or missing a whole bunch of stuff right but then you can flip around and write do the writing yourself yeah and i'll get there's some stories that i get really excited about and i mean my coworkers can attest to this Especially if I've had coffee, I will not shut up about something I'm excited about. <laughs> I'll just pound out a story and get super stoked that I get the chance to do that. Doesn't mean it's good, but... Where does that ability come from, do you think? What is it in your in your life that pushed you to being like, I, I can work in extreme detail-oriented capacity, but I also have this wholly creative, I want to write children's stories capacity? I think it comes from reading. Just because, like, even in school, I didn't really take any grammar classes or anything, but because I read so much as a kid, I just know how sentences are supposed to work. I don't know the name of, like, that particular, like, I don't I don't know what a gerund is, <laughs> and I can't tell you why your sentence is wrong. Gerund, gerund. <laughs> <laughs> he was a tailor, yeah. also. <laughs> he was a gerund. <laughs> <laughs> he was running his gerunds. Yes. <laughs> so, like, there's some things where I just... I don't know the right terminology or whatever, but I know in my gut because I've been so exposed to certain things. Like I know what's right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know how things are supposed to be. So I think just some of that is natural because I'm so, like my mom read a lot. Yeah. You know? Like it's in my family. Um, what does your mom and your dad do again? Uh, my dad is in the hotel industry as a manager. Okay. And then my mom works for a Japanese tour travel company. So kind of more like admin stuff. Um, but even her, like back in the day, before she had arthritis, yeah. um, she... You've told me she's she's a very creative person, yeah, right? Yeah, she, she, she can carve. Um, we wow. have like a, a horse head in our house that she carved, like the size of my fist. Wow. Um, she she does art, like she draws and stuff. And, and your dad does creative stuff too, doesn't he? He does a lot of like... Um, woodwork like he builds things yeah so like he he built my bed he built our coffee table he built our dining room table um that's pretty cool so you were just born into this family of like right left brain yeah of who create and also are are very 
organized and detail oriented in the way that they do it too. Yeah, because even like when my dad builds stuff, like I don't think he learned that from anyone in particular, but he like subscribes to woodworking magazines and. Because I mean, dude, even the even the shit that you've done, like you create stuff. Didn't you do you do you made like a whole you went what was it metal metal work? Oh yeah, I took metal casting in college. That was super fun. Made some necklaces. That's something that like scares me not <laughs> just scares but like i'm just like i don't want to do that <laughs> like, yeah, I think so, like that it's scary but in college for me it was the best time to just try stuff yeah if i didn't need more credits like i was good with her like my major my minor everything i was good so i just wanted to fill those extra credits that i still need to take with something fun so i would take art classes because i love art and metal right. casting like I cannot do metal casting on my own I don't have a kiln I don't have plaster <laughs> I don't have like all the equipment and everything so to learn that in school and to just right to have a place me, where you could do it yeah like that was super fun and a great chance to explore that kind of stuff creative stuff I do pottery now right do you read equal amounts of fiction and non-fiction oh uh, yeah it varies I think um there was a period where I was reading about serial killers a lot, and yeah. like there was the monster of Florence, and then I was reading more about Florence because I was in Italy for a couple months. And, um, I'll go back and forth between like short stories and novels, and then some like trashy young adult novels, and then I just bought a couple books at Powell's in Portland um, that were in the like top seller ones. There's one about like how octopuses, octopi, whatever, how they're how advanced they are in their brains and like the universe and all this stuff. Yeah. And I bought another one about um, something in the dinosaurs. What is it? It's about the universe and dinosaurs and how like comets and asteroids and meteors and all this kind of stuff. Like I just started it, so I don't really know where it's going yet. But I'm like, I love dinosaurs, so. But that's almost again like because I don't, I almost never read anything nonfiction unless it's like a. I don't want to call it a self help book, but just mm-hmm. like stuff on EQ like you know just empathy just stuff that's really important to me that I want to get better at and like um, I'm reading like these kind of sciencey but like dumbed down for the public type books as well as novels and like I just it's like a Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of I guess so no but no but no like knock on him the genius of him is that he's so smart he knows how to empathize with people that aren't smart and explain things in a way and appeal to people in a way that is not just at the the top. I would say he's the most smart. I would say he's a really good science educator. Who, that's a great exploration uh, opportunity. Who to you is like the fucking master? Carolyn Porco. Carolyn Porco? Yeah. It sounds like you just made up a name. Carolyn Porco. She, well actually. Carolyn, like a woman, Mm -hmm. Porco. Like pork and then oh. Yep. That she, sounds like the name of like an anime side character that's like the mascot. She's like this badass woman in engineering. She works for NASA. She's been spearheading the Saturn project. So she was like running Cassini for a few years. She found Cassini? Uh, Cassini is the satellite that's that going is. around Saturn for like 10 years. Oh, that old thing. Yeah, that old thing. Cassini, Cassini, Cassini. And using Cassini, she actually like proved that there's potential for like bacterial life on one of the moons of Saturn. Which means that there's life. Yeah. Life on the moon of Jupiter. Yeah. So because of her research, they're launching a second satellite to Saturn. 
Okay. Um, that's gonna have a more advanced catching mechanism. What do you think of Elon? He's just a raging tech douche, bro. <laughs> I like, love him. Yeah. I don't like him particularly much. Like, he's a smart guy, and he's, like, charismatic enough, and he's made, like, these really big companies, but I think yes. at the heart of it, he doesn't know how to run them. Okay. Like, they've gotten really popular because they're pretty products, right? He made electric cars sexy. Yes, like, he did. He and he sexy. knew that that would be the thing. Like, yeah. he's, he's, he's more entrepreneurial and more... Sales business yeah. brained like, than I than I'd say technologically. He's definitely not thinking about how things work because he's now right now he is learning the same lesson that Ford learned 50, 60 years ago, which is auto, fully automating an assembly line is a bad idea. Why? Um, because on average, no, this is on average. This isn't for every single part. On average, one in ten thousand parts is going to be defective for just anything you make. So, like, one in 10,000 spoons will be defective. It'll be, like, bent in some weird way or turned into some type of spear, right? Like, it'll just be defective in some way where you have to throw it away. Oh, wow. Um, and a car is made out of, let's say, 30,000 parts. Mm-hmm. So that means at least three parts on that car are going to be defective. So it's better to have some dude named Ron on that production line being yeah, like because if, hmm, Ron me gets, if Ron gets some wonky double nuts stuck together he's gonna throw oh, it oh boy I've seen that porno it's not <laughs> like, great if Ron gets some wonky part he's wonky double nut yeah like, wow this is not good throw it away get a good part the machine's gonna force that double nut on yeah and that's gonna like mess up the train or something like that and then your car gets recalled wow right so that car is so even with technology as good as it is right now, you should not be automating the entirety of your car production system? He can't automate it unless he gets, like, one of those things that, um, there are optical sensors yeah. that you can get, um, at least they do this with produce. There are optical sensors you can get with produce where it, like, picks out the gross ones and yeah. it picks out things that aren't what it is. Like, I know they do this for, um large-scale wineries will just, like, pick up the whole dang bush yeah. at a time, right? Like, they'll just take everything with it. Again, I've seen that porno um, as well. <laughs> and, like, they'll just have this optical sensor that blows out the twigs and the sticks and the bugs and stuff. Okay. So, like, you could do that with the, op- with the parts, but that would make the, op- the operation a lot longer. So it would make it as fast as So we need a bunch of Rons. We need some Rons in there? We need some Rons in there. Because everybody, I, if you ask the common human being, like they're like, yeah, fully automated and it'll be perfect. No. And humans is the human error. But you're saying that... Humans are really good at, de- at visually detecting error. Wow. Humans can detect within, like, I think two millimeters. Yeah. It, it might even be smaller than that, but I think it's within two millimeters. A human eye can be like, that's wrong. So good. All right. So, I don't know. It is cut out at some point, And I'm really hoping that it wasn't. But we just went over a whole shit ton of stuff. The big question I have is this. We got into the idea of humanity being humanity and being at the top of the food chain because we're able to create tools, which is different from just using tools, which monkeys can do. Which some... Is there any other species that does... That uses tools other than monkeys? Primates? Um... I know otters have favorite rocks that they use, oh. and that's considered a tool. And beavers, like, I guess, make dams. 
Yeah, but that's more like habitat building. That's like a nest. Oh, that's like, true. Yeah, like birds too. Uh, that's like You've never seen their blueprints though. They're actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> They're, no. Oh man, I have not. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the, where I was going with this, shh, fuck, I really hope we pick up so, at least some of the, the topic of this coming up to here, but mo- most of all, what I want to know is this. If we're talking about the difference between creating tools, would you say that creating tools is, is the, it's the act of creation? It's the act of creativity. It comes from that. Is that what separates humans from from animals? I mean, I don't think so, because animals will find really creative ways to do things. Like, my mom's dog has escaped our backyard in, like, nine different ways, and we have no idea how he's doing it, because it's gated all the way around. Yeah. He keeps digging holes under new parts of the fence. Yeah. And it's like, that's really creative. You're finding new ways out. So what is it about a tool? What is it about a tool that separates that creative act from any other creative act? Um, I guess it's just, it makes our lives easier. Right? So you have to spend less time doing other stuff. Um, that's so we're, create, we're using the art of creation for the sake of uh, efficiency. No, we're just naturally lazy creatures and we just want to outsource the work. That's why machine learning is a thing, is we want to outsource all of that work. We don't want to have to sit there and go through an entire data set. No, we want to train a machine to do it. Right. right. So instead work smart, of smart, not hard. Yeah. Work yeah. smarter, not harder. Um, just people in general are super lazy. Like It's all about efficiency. It, no, it's about doing the least amount of work possible. Isn't that what efficiency is? Efficiency. What is efficiency other than doing the least amount of work possible? I mean, I feel like efficiency is more like when you're describing a system that's already integrated. And it's like, okay, the system is yielding about 20% of what it could, so it's 20% efficient. Yeah. Um, but it's yielding a lot more than it could if it was people. But isn't the whole point of me getting efficient, right? So me having, can just dialing a phone in with the numbers instead of having to wait for the dial for the yeah. actual dial to put the numbers in that's efficiency okay because yeah. we're lazy and i want the phone to be more efficient so i can be lazier i guess it is it's just in technical terms you wouldn't call it that what do you call it being fucking lazy <laughs> <laughs> that's the real technical like, term i'm telling you we're not we're not impressive people when it comes to naming things in the physics world yeah. We named giant waves of gravity patterns, gravity waves. I mean, that's just easy for people to know. That's just the most efficient to me. That's just <laughs> like, the most efficient because everybody knows what it is. Yeah, but the dude who found them could have just been like, I'm going to name them Erben Schmigemunheimer, right? Right, but that's like, not as efficient because then you have to explain what Erben Schmigemunheimer is. <laughs> But, like, it's really fun to say. I could also <laughs> go around, like, you, you can go around and whoever decided to name a cat a cat missed out on a huge opportunity and could have been, like, vampire rat. I don't know why they didn't just call them, like, meows. I mean, the, like, why don't you just name it differently in different languages. What does a Chinese cat sound like? Oh gosh. Is that it? Oh dear. <laughs> Did I just offend Chinese cat listeners? Let's just run away from this. <laughs> we are in Chinatown. Are we? We're in Koreatown. We're in Koreatown, sorry. Those cats sound way different. 
But they don't. And, but, but you know, I, and I can't tell the difference between a Korean cat or a Chinese cat. A cat is a cat. Apparently not. Apparently they sound different. But like, end of the day, humans are lazy. We made tools to make our lives easier. Yeah. We made machines because we're really lazy and want to stop thinking about it. Right? So, like, that's what machine learning is. It's just machines that do all our data analysis for us. Man. Our job is to interpret at that point, so we're drawing bigger conclusions. But then what's the, so then what's the drive then? What's the drive for a me or a Katrina, right, who like doing creative outlet things? Well, I think we're looking at creative in two very different ways. Like, there's creativity in the sense of solving a problem or yeah. making something easier, and then there's creativity in the sense of, like, creating something for the pleasure of it, which I feel like, like, you're not a creative person because you're trying to make money off of it. You're a creative person because you know you're not going to make that much money out of it. So you're creative for the sake of like Watch wanting this, this to... this podcast goes viral. <laughs> right, this podcast is going to go super viral. I'm going to make so much money. it's just because we're so cute and adorable. <laughs> if this podcast goes viral because of you two, I will come down every single week <laughs> just to talk with the two of you. Oh man, then all of a sudden we're going to have like a weekly like vid- three-way vid chat. There you go, that'd be fun. We'll call it Cream Oh. <laughs> Creamistry podcast. But that's the point, right? It's like there's two different forms of creativity in that sense. Here's where my brain's going because I want to explore this idea is that to create something, to build something, like literally to build something, right? That's going to be practical. It requires an element. <laughs> you just put the lollipop in your mouth and look so satisfied. I saw someone walk by with a lollipop, so I took one out. I was <laughs> trying not to laugh, but I couldn't help it. Um, to build something requires both right and left brain, right? To woodwork. It requires you to, A, be creative in how you're going to do it. There's a creative element to it. How How is this going to look? How am I going to get there? How am I going to get from point A to point B? But also, if I don't want this to collapse the second that it's built, there needs to be some technical thing associated with it, right? And really, in woodworking, I mean, you could build something that's nothing, right? But... You're also building something probably that has a use, a tool, if you will, right? Like, even if it's a picture frame, it's something that's holding the picture so I don't have to hold up the picture because I'm lazier than that. So, So, I'm starting to see that our original conversation, right? Right brain, left brain, that whole thing, and you're just like, I think people are just brained. It's a combination of those two things, because to create a tool, to create something new, to innovate a tool, it requires creativity. But to create the tool in the first place of something that's going to help people, you need to be doing it with a left-brained you know, style and approach so that to make sure that it works. I think you can make tools pretty. Like, you can definitely make tools pretty. Yeah. There's definitely a pretty pocket knife on the market. There's also, like, all sorts of... I own it. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. Has like, a unicorn on it. You can it. have a pretty water bottle, even. Like, hydroflasks are so gorgeous. And, yeah. Like, they're, at the end of the day, it's just a water bottle that keeps your water at a temperature that you like. Um, right. Like, it's not something super groundbreaking and shattering, but it's pretty. Right, right, right. Um, I feel like creativity always has to come from, like, you have a level of skill first, and you meet all your basic needs, and then you can decorate that water bottle. Like, you have to be able to make the bottle first. You're not sitting there in the forest being like, I wish I had a pretty vessel for something. It's like, no, I wish I had a vessel because I need water. It's like you're not just thinking, I would love to decorate something. 
oh, I guess I'll make this useful thing and then decorate that. Like, even in my pottery class, for instance, yeah. I really want to make, like, a teapot or something, but I got to work on cylinders first. Right. <laughs> like, I keep making, like, little tiny bowls, and they're kind of useful, but it's like, I have to figure out how to make the shape correct before I can even glaze it. And right. think about, like, what different colors do I want to glaze And if you don't know how to do that, then... The pottery no yeah. does not come out looking like pottery. Yeah. Yeah. There's no point in it's thinking, not. like, I want this to be a beautiful purple bowl that looks like the night sky and all that stuff. It's like, I have to make a bowl before I can get to that. And I don't think figure that's out the first thing that. that comes up. It's like, I need to make the thing Do you first. know why so many people put the title of screenwriter on their fucking business card when they don't do it professionally? Is because when you write a screenplay, if it doesn't look good... On the outside, it doesn't just collapse like a fucking bad piece of pottery. Like, it's immediately like, oh, this is not good. Like, a screenplay, physically, it just looks like any other screenplay. It could be Jurassic Park, or it could be the most, it could be The Room. And just an awful fucking movie. Or the best movie. And that's, right, (laughs) or the best movie disguised. It's... So I guess, I, I guess where that takes me then in my brain... Because I'm thinking about, I'm constantly thinking about how I can take the shit that I'm talking about in the perspective of other people and how I can repurpose it into what I teach in improv and teach my corporate training classes. And what's really cool is right now sitting here with the two of you, I'm having realizations that the right and left brain are equally important and it's, if one person's too right brain, it's about getting the left brain. If one person's too left brain, it's about getting the right brain aspect of it to a point where it's even because we can build when we have that. That's where the skills come from. It's the 10,000 hours theory. Yeah. It's just like it takes 10,000 hours to master skill, which isn't exactly true because like it depends on how you've already wired your brain on whether or not that particular skill is easy for you to wire. Right. Right? So like if you happen to have not done anything in that region, maybe it takes you 30,000 hours to master that skill. But the point is you have to want it and you have to put in the time to make that connection. Right. Um, like, you're putting in the time to make a teapot. Like, that's going to take you a while to get there. Yep. <laughs> um, like, that'll take you a while to get there. I decided I wanted to know how to, like, do some crazy math. So I put in a lot of time to do that. Like, you decided you wanted to talk to people and, like, make a lot of creative, interesting things. Yeah. So, like... And the more that you have in certain skills, I think the more that they translate to other skills. So improv is all about listening. It's all about reacting. It's all about all the same things that acting is about. So when it comes down to it, there's some technical things that are different, but it's it's a lot of the same fucking skills. I read this book, nonfiction, years ago. How dare you? <laughs> about this woman who was, I think she was a CEO of her company, but after going through like losing her husband and all this kind of stuff, she was really not in a good place as a leader mm-hmm. so she decided I think she was maybe losing her health as well she decided what she needed to do was take dancing classes wow she, she took like ballroom dancing and so okay she started like leaving work early um, or coming in later to take these classes like once a week or whatever yeah and her instructor was like pushing her to do a showcase at the end and everything and she was saying like even though I'm leaving work early I'm happier I am more productive Um, I'm being refreshed in other parts of my life that are teaching me lessons that I am taking with me when I go in there. Yeah. Um, So even though, like, 
she was the CEO of some company company that had nothing to do with dance or anything like that. It was just the right. the things she learned about like when you're dancing too, you can't think about the mistakes you made because you still have all these steps to do ahead of you. And if your head is in that place and you're focusing on the negative, yes, you can't move forward. Um, you have to just if something went wrong, move ahead, live in the moment and in the future, and just go for it. And she said a lot of those lessons that she learned from dancing, she was able to apply to her leadership role in her job and kind of make it better for everyone and understand other people better in the way that she was responding to different things and yeah. realizing outside of her normal circle everything that can influence your life and the people around you. And so that was a really interesting book to, to read. What was the name of it? Becoming Ginger Rogers. Because what you're talking about to me sounds like gaining self-awareness into where you are lacking in some perspective and then doing something that can help you generate the perspective that you're missing so that you can be a more complete human being. Yeah, and it comes from places that you don't even realize sometimes. Well, sometimes it comes from giving yourself a little bit of slack. Because, like, we're in a generation of severe workaholics. Like, I don't think I know a single person who gets an an adequate amount of sleep, hangs out with their friends enough, and eats correctly, right? Like... You get two of those at best. Most likely you get one. Very often you get half of each of them. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you're, doing, you're failing at all three because you try to do it all and then it's just, it's overwhelming so you wind up just watching Netflix. Yeah. Like. You have accurately assessed an entire <laughs> generation of people. Where does that come from? You have such insight, Lisa. I read the internet and I'm angry. I don't know. <laughs> like. Why the fuck are you such a sage? I don't know. It's from all these logic degrees that I don't need. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, it's just these logic degrees. You sit there, you make... That's what physics is. is you make an observation, yeah. you assess it, and then you spit out whatever you think happened. I think it's... Like... I think it's balance. Yeah. I think ultimately what it is is it's balance. And where I come in for a lot of people is corporate training is a fun improv Thing that they don't fucking do because nope. they've not accessed the child part of their brain and the play and the fun. That's something a lot of people forget about. Like, honestly, I forgot about it until like January. So, like, I've been in school for eight years. Yeah. And then in January, I went and worked at Astrocamp, which is just blowing kids' minds with freaking cool science experiments. Like, we liquid nitrogen freeze chips and let them eat them we drop them 50 feet on a sky coaster which is like a giant swing um, like we go hiking we blow up hydrogen balloons we let them play with electricity like is it too late for me to enroll yes damn it how late am i uh, can i do it next year years. damn it unless you want to be a counselor or like an instructor or something where is this idlewild california it's a really awesome camp but like it took working with kids for me to remember how to play. Yeah. Because, like, you just get so used to sitting in your own little sad bubble being like, all right, I'm going to eat, eat the same sad burrito again, and I'm going to do some sad math, and then I'm going to cry and watch some Netflix and cry some more. <laughs> some sad Netflix. And then I'm going to, you know, rub 20 things into my face because I think rubbing 20 things into my face is going to be, like, quote-unquote self-care, but I'm still super miserable right like yeah 
So you've recently come out of that. Yeah. Because you do not strike me at all like that. Oh, dude, I was like... You are like the coolest fucking physicist. You could be the next Neil deGrasse Tyson. I hope not. Um, (laughs) You ought to be the next Carolyn Taco, whatever. Carolyn Porco. Carolyn Porco. I was so close. uh, No, dude. Carolyn Bifo, right? No. I'd be okay with being a science educator, but like Neil deGrasse Tyson just... I've heard some stories about him doing some like creepy stuff, so... Like, I don't... Anybody, any celebrity... Yeah, I feel any like celebrities... Any celebrity male is... Uh, yeah, they're... It's a place to be right now. It's, it's, it's a not bad a good place, place to, to be. be. And, like, I've heard some things where I'm like, that's not actively... It's not actively malicious, but it's definitely not something I want to be around. Or associated with. Can I pitch you something? Sure. Make a YouTube series where you teach no nonsense like but in a fun way physics and like ideas that you have oh, man. And using baked goods oh yeah oh, oh the using Ballard baked goods reaction. she's a great baker or I worked at a bakery too and I got better I'm making my own birthday cake this year it's gonna be so good it's gonna be a cherry almond cake with a chocolate ganache oh my god that sounds great. I would love to watch that and you explain the physics behind it also <laughs> Just you, and your, Brown. just you as yeah, you and your personality, you're just a goofy, fun female physicist. Which, I told you earlier, I'm like, when have she's I, my adventure buddy. Who who I mean, running in circles anywhere? Who who has those skills? I mean, um, we just had like a really fun day and I'm like an improv fun, just dumb guy. Like <laughs> you're like a, you you can be fun and all of that stuff. And you're smart as fuck? Like, that's so crazy. I wouldn't say I'm smart as fuck. I would say I'm stubborn as all hell. Yeah. Because I honestly... Say that you're dumb, either. <laughs> I mean, I, I literally no, got I'm that second degree dumb. to give the big old middle finger to a professor. Like, there's this one professor who just, like, kept being a huge bag of dicks. And, like, I pretty much finished that degree without telling her, so that way I could just be like... <laughs> so... Can I? Okay, and here's the. Uh, uh, here, here's what. Here's what you call it. It's called. Um, it's called fuck you physics. With <laughs> fucking physics. Fuck you physics. Yeah. I mean, I guess fuck I could you. do it, but I don't have a great infrastructure to build it. There's already a bunch of like well-established science channels. Right, but you're. They're not fun like you. They're not. They're not unfun. Um, <laughs> to you, to me, it's the least fun thing to see. Like, they're not the most unfun. Or no fucks physics, yeah. Like, I and would like say it's no okay fucks. to be smart does the best job of bringing it down to, like, the layman's terms. Yes. Like, it's okay to be smart does the best job of it. Um, I think... Uh, what is it called now? Seeker? It used to be D-News. They just tell you things. And it's boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would much rather... If you did There's something like that and you could teach me shit. Ooh, hot ball and nickel. That's my favorite. Hot ball and nickel? This guy just like heats up a ball and nickel really hot and then drops it on stuff. <laughs> it's really good. He like drops a hot ball and nickel on right. top of like a jawbreaker and you just like watch the jawbreaker melt and it just has like a hole down the middle. It's great. You know why <laughs> you know why he uses the hot ball of nickel? Because it's awesome. He's hiding behind a hot ball of nickel because he doesn't have the personality you fucking have. I'm telling you, <laughs> I would love you to be like a Bill Nye, I would like need a, a celebrity. To do that. You could, dude. You're in fucking LA. Who doesn't want to make some videos? I guess. I 
and I guess I could do it from anywhere. I could be like, yo, cuz, I have this great idea of just like, I don't know. Let's throw liquid. Let's throw an entire duo of liquid nitrogen into the pool. I mean, those you... videos of like stuff melting and all that. People are fascinated by that. Yes. By people, I mean myself. I'm also interested <laughs> in it too, but I also get interested by genuinely interested people teaching me a thing about stuff. I just got into Adam Ruins Everything. It's one of my favorite shows now. Adam Ruins Everything is pretty funny. Um... Like you could be that. You could be like a fun, like educator that really like just. But and, I'll be on the next Shane Dawson series. And you, <laughs> and you, but you seriously like, and you seriously are like the voice of a, of a, of the millennial generation. Like you just tap into it and you know and understand it so well. Like I think it's just you know. You could get a new generation just of being young angry girls. on the internet. That's all it is. Yes, but that's sculpted you into I something amazing. Meme. You are. Like, there you go. You I'm might just as well. Meme. Yeah. Would you be opposed to that? To making a living, teaching and educating and I'm inspiring. I'm opposed to being recognized on the street. My favorite part of living is that I'm not famous. Yeah. I could walk around in like bunny ears, a American flag thong, and have fireworks shooting out of my shirt, and no one would care. Well, no one would care if you <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson. If Neil deGrasse Tyson did that, I promise you, everyone would love it. I mean, like it could be cool, but it's one of those things where I'm not sure that's what I want to do. I got like, you. Science education is really important, and I think it's really important for people to be science literate. So I think it's really important for people to be able to read a scientific paper and yes. be able to pull the information themselves out. All I'm telling you is I see the potential of it, and I would love to learn more shit from you. I would, if I wish you were in Vegas and we could literally sit down and learn and learn shit from you in the fun way that you you. If you wanted, we could. We. I would honestly need someone else to like spearhead it. I no, I totally up. get it. I totally get it. <laughs> I would honestly just show up because I'm writing a grant. I'm crying. Yes. I'm like applying to thirty thousand jobs. I'm like, oh god, Christmas is coming up. What am I gonna make everybody? Because I can't afford things. Um. I definitely know that this. The three of us have to sit down again and have a fucking conversation in closing. So I gotta get to this bus station yeah, here. Go. What do you, both of you? You can go one at a time. Feed off each other. Whatever you like. What uh, if you could if you if you could describe a lesson or a life thing or or something that a unique perspective that you have that you think a lot of other people could benefit from hearing? What would it be? I feel like you need to tell me what I've said that is enlightening or, or something like that. No. I remember one thing that I said was we were hanging out and I said I'm really gonna miss you and you said I'm here I'm here now. And I was like, oh my god. I think I remember that because I'm like, I wasn't trying to be profound. You weren't trying to be profound. I was trying to make fun of you. I know. (laughs) That's when the best profound things come out. That was the most profound thing because I was like, I was just like, people are just brained. (laughs) I don't, yeah, people are just brained. I was like, I don't want, I don't want to leave. I was thinking, I was thinking about having to leave and I was living too far into the future and you were like, Fuck you! I'm here right now. Like, why are you? Why are you missing? Don't miss me. I'm here. Yeah, you're like, you can't miss me. I'm here right now. Like, I was like, that's so good. Shit like that. I, don't, I mean, there's so many times when this is gonna sound really arrogant. Yeah. Um, 
when I see like you know those text posts on like Instagram or Facebook or whatever where it's like a, a field yeah. with like an inspirational quote on it or something uh-huh. every time I read those I'm like do people not know that already like chase your dreams or something I'm like yeah no shit <laughs> or like tomorrow's another day I don't think I've ever read something on those and been like oh my god that's just what I needed right now I yeah. didn't know that I'm like I know that and then I'm like should I write a book about things that I think are extremely obvious do people not like you know I, I have seen one of those where I was like I, d- I needed this in my life right now but it was like someone kicking water off of a pier and someone put in like one of those um, magic carps and it and the words were um rude swimming here <laughs> I needed that one in my life I think the worst ones are like Instagram models. Oh, those are the worst. It's a picture of them looking hot somewhere, yeah. and then their entire thing is like. It's like a thorough quote. I realized quote. I needed to slow down and take care of myself because you, you only it's like once. Oh, and all this shut stuff. up! I'm like, you're an Instagram traveler. Yeah, I'm like, if you just want to post Me? a picture of yourself looking hot, you can post a oh. picture of yourself looking hot. You know, like no shame in that. Just be like, I look amazing in this photo. Post done. You don't have to pretend to be deep. Right. Or just like. A confusing string of emojis. No one's going to question that. That is wonderful. Because the most... The, in that, I think you said something profound, which is that the most profound things... Just look hot if you want to look no. hot. <laughs> it's that the, the most profound things that we take as profound are things that are typically very obvious, but we forget them. It's true. I forget. Uh, you, well, you don't, because you're magical. Who knows? Lisa, if you, if you could say something from your point of view as physicist, whatever that you think could help people, help benefit anyone listening to this right now, what would you say? You're going to fail. You're going to fail a lot. Yeah. Just keep failing. Just keep failing. Just keep failing. Just keep... What do we do? We fail. 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 That's like all... That's all I've done is fail at things. <laughs> I'm a pretty solidly B student. I like eked out of grad school. Like, that's not an F. That's pretty much all physics is, is just failing over and over again. That's all. What 90% of anything is. And then you're finding, and then you find the... Think about how you learned how to walk. You fell on your face like 30 times. Yes. Like... Yes. I still fall on my face occasionally. I feel like I'm just constantly rolling down a flight of stairs. It's fine. You're going to fail. Some failures are worse than others. You know, just don't fail and, like, you know, kill somebody. Yeah. Don't die. I... And that's so funny, because constantly... That's all improv is. All improv is is failing funny. Well, and that yeah. too is like a lot of people are afraid of improv, I think, because they think it's embarrassing if you fail right. and all that. Like, you can say the stupidest thing you've ever said, it's not funny whatsoever, but you don't die. Right. Hopefully, next time you get a little better. And I typically, think, when you actually fail, you are actually pretty funny. Yeah, and I remember I had an interview with somebody a couple, like maybe two months ago, um, yeah. a bartender, and she was telling me that, like, when they first started there, like, people were, like, dropping things, breaking dishes, and all that kind of stuff, and they're like, man, I really fucked up today, and the next day, they still drop some more, and they're like, man, I really fucked up again, she's like, well, did you fuck up a little less than yesterday? And that was, like, their motto, was just to fuck up a little less. I mean, you don't have to be perfect, you just have to get a little bit. It's like cooking, when you're, like, chopping things up, it's so funny, because, like, I cook pretty regularly, and I cook pretty well. And every time I cook for people, they'll be like, oh, is there anything I can do? And they're like, okay, you can chop that carrot. And they're like, how do you want me to chop it? Is, is this good? I'm like, is it smaller than when you started? Yes. Then you're chopping correctly. You're doing good. Like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, both of you. Where can people find you if you want people to find you? Uh, and see can... your bodies of work or see what you're up to and whatever. Not work-related. Just my Instagram and Twitter are both Hey Katrina Joy. You can find my 
stories sometimes on honolulumagazine.com, but again, very different things. Right. Take Stupid a tree to joy. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I would say the vast majority of my social media things are like super privatized to the point where it's like, if I know you, you're on here. If I don't know you, you're dead. Um, okay, cool. But so I first do, die, and then you can be a part of it. Then you can be part of this. But um, I do have the, the one public Instagram. It's, it's an art account. It's at L-E-E-S-U-H underscore kowtow. C-O-W-T-O-W? Uh-huh. Lisa Kowtow. Lisa underscore kowtow. It's my favorite misspelling of my name. That is wonderful. Thank you both so much. This was a genuine pleasure. One person that I've known for over 10 years, another that I just met today. When you were 19. When I was 19. <laughs> back in the glory days of this morning. No, uh, uh, you've listened to the Brent McKay podcast. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this, please let me know if you're enjoying the format. Uh, I will see you again next week. Or I'll, actually, I'll see you again Friday. Take it easy, everybody. Love you a ton. <laughs> so that is the end of the podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, just one last quick reminder. I hope uh, that if you do enjoy it, give me a message. Shoot me a message across my email, brentmukaivo at gmail.com or, on, uh, or across any basic uh, uh, social media platform, Brent Mukai, B-R-E-N-T-M-U-K-A-I. Um, send me a would you rather, a game of would you rather. Uh, would you rather uh, have a million dollars or... Um, uh, a free gas for life or what that's a bad one uh they can be gross they can be fun they can be funny please make them whatever you want them to be i would love to read them on my uh friday podcast for tomorrow so thank you so much for listening i super super appreciate it love you all i will see you on friday